Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Commiserate. I'm Dave. And I'm Sam. We're happy to have you back. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. We have <laughs> we have so much to catch up on. It's actually been, you know, we have an entire year to catch up on. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that never gets old, oh, except for January 2nd. Yeah. Then it's kind of a yeah dead joke. Um, How was the end of year 2023? Surprisingly good, actually. I spent the weekend with my family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because everyone had off. So we, we got together and we had uh, my sister made a big dinner uh, and it was fantastic. She I've never seen it. She dry aged a turkey. So it was like the turkey was in the fridge for like three days. So when I went home Friday night, like I went to go get a beer, crack the door open and it was just a carcass staring back at me, Lovely. which is never a good thing. But thankfully, it was a bird and not a person. So it was like okay. tolerable. So and the craziest thing is, you know, when we ate it, it was the juiciest bird. I hesitate to use the word moist. There, but it was that so, is not the good word of the city so of the podcast. Good, and I'm like, how the science on? I don't understand. Like this thing was dry aging for three days, and it was super juicy. Oh, nice. So my dad was freaking out about it. Okay. Uh, it was fantastic, and uh, my sister's husband he made pie. He made an apple pie and a okay. pumpkin pie, and they were incredible. Interesting. I too went home for the weekend. Uh, to see my family and I had a cheesecake pie it wasn't cheesecake but okay. cheesecake so let me flavored so pie. it was a so it was a cheesecake in a pie shell correct but not a cheesecake like it wasn't like typical cheesecake batter okay I never tried it before it was yeah basically picture of key lime pie yeah but cheesecake well the, technically flavor. it's that's still a custard yep so no, it was, but that's... I don't know. It was It was something... Was it good? It was good. It was good. Okay. Not my go-to, Okay. but... Was it, number one, was it edible? It was edible. Was it tasty? Mm, yes. The, the real question, would you eat it again? Yeah, I would. I would oh. if, if, it, if it was offered to me. We, uh, we stayed one night uh, at my niece and her husband's place, and they live, like, middle of nowhere. Like... There's hardly cell reception anywhere in that town. And uh, it was a group of five of us that went up and I asked, like, okay, where's the where's the nearest place where we can get beer? I'm sorry to be that guy, but I'm also not sorry. She says, I have a problem and I need the closest location. Well, She says there's a there's a dollar general near our house. I'm like, that's the closest thing to civilization in this town. A dollar general. Yep. But we go in there. It was like the. Biggest Dollar General I've ever been in. It felt like a Walmart almost. Wow. And uh, so we were all like the group of five of us. It was late. We were basically like kind of just fend for yourself dinner wise because it was a late night. So we got like some frozen pizzas, some like other snacks and beers. Typical fend for yourself. We got there five minutes before it closed. And the guy was still cool. He was like, yeah, no, I mean, we're not closed yet. So, yeah, you, at least you're not asking wow, to come in after. That's rare to find a nice. Right? You know, yeah. And uh, so he. He's cashing me out. I've got just beer and frozen pizza. And he's like, oh, you're you're from out of state. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm visiting family. He's like, man, I wish you were my son, like, just coming to my place and bringing me pizza and beer. <laughs> it's like, I said to my friends after, I was like, I think that guy, if we had invited him to come hang with us afterward, he would have been so down. Well, you know, he's he's about to get off work. Yeah. That's true, too. It was it was tempting. Also, if if 
a random stranger said, hey, do you want pizza and beer? Yeah. It, would you ever say no to that? That's instant friendship. That's an okay. automatic. Yeah. So all in well, all. Well, depends on the pizza. But yeah. yeah oh, was, and the beer. Well. Maybe it depends. It was some good. I think uh, it's like an automatic like intro start. You're like, oh, pizza and beer. It's a good start. Absolutely. It's a great equalizer. Yeah. But all in all, a good way to round off 2023. A, yeah. Wait, so does that mean we don't have anything to complain about? About? I don't know. My 2024 has been really good so far. So. <laughs> I'm sure we'll think of some stuff as we go along. But we do have this is going to be a long episode, gonna you be. guys. I apologize in advance, but, you know, get a snack. Well, OK, this is the first time we're doing a Full. And I hesitate to say the word feature length film because we yeah. did Clone Wars. Yeah, but it's not really. This was like a theatrical, yes. like legitimate Hollywood experience. Live action. Yes. yes. But yeah, so it's probably going to be a long one. And there's guys. a lot so to cover on this one. Get a snack. Crap. O- crap. <laughs> <laughs> Please do I'm not. I'm keeping that. Crap. Open. I'm keeping that. Crack open a beverage. Crack open a beverage. We have just opened. Can I say what we're. Are we are we allowed to are, are we, we allowed legally to? allowed to is or are we gonna get like raided? I don't know. But we'll find out. Let's find out. We are Enjoying. drinking Shipyard Explorer Hazy White IPA, kind of like a winter IPA, if you will. Bottled and exported from Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. So and if you've uh, ever been, it's a beautiful place. It is. So we are here to talk about the nineteen eighty-five comedy mystery film clue and i am so excited to talk about this i know this is this is one of your favorite movies one of one of yeah and uh spoiler alert of course because basically everything that happens in this movie is a spoiler um for starters it was directed by jonathan lynn who also directed two notable films my cousin Vinny and the whole nine yards with bruce willis and matthew perry very fun movies. So that kind of gives you an idea of the types of movies he likes. And he also, not only did he direct, but he was one of the key writers on this movie as well. Um, I do want to actually talk about one of the uh, co-writers for the the script, John mm-hmm. Landis. Um, I didn't realize that he actually worked on some of my favorite movies. <laughs> he worked on, you know, originally uh, Kelly's Heroes. Um, he assisted with the Blues Brothers, which I mean, the hey, Blues Brothers, hey, I mean, absolute classic, yeah. um, and the Three Amigos. So that kind of like mm-hmm. comedy. But what I love about the, the writing, if you you know those kind of three movies, is they're quirky. They're qu- right? well, yeah. yeah, quirky films. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of humor in natural life, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of highlight that. They are comedy films. They yeah. absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of highlight like natural things in life that are funny. And I think that's part of the reason why at the time that Clue was released, of course, it's based on the classic board game Clue, uh, which was... Wait, that's a board game? (laughs) (laughs) Clue was like one of my favorite board games growing up, albeit like simplistic, but it was just... It was one of our family's favorite. I think this was really your first like 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 dip into the pool of murder mystery. Yeah, extravaganza. Yeah, because I saw this movie when I was a kid, and I like many others felt that it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting like a much darker tone because at the time that this was released, it wasn't very well received, and I think it's because it wasn't what people expected. Um, I think people wanted a more darker tone. 
uh, you know, more more suspense. Yeah. And there is some, you know. Well, to be fair, like this is a I wouldn't necessarily say this is a family friendly comedy. No. Like this is obviously a adult like it's, like aimed at adults comedy. It's a comedy, you know, but still, I mean, it's it's gotten so much better with time. It has aged it like fine wine. It has developed true, quite a far. Um and it would be an even better stage play. It, it plays like a play. Um, and I believe they, it was adapted to a stage play at one point. Um, but once you just accept that it's not your typical murder mystery movie, it is so much fun to watch. And it still has like some great murder mystery twists. Um, it really masters physical comedy, kind of like the looniness of like running between the different rooms. Like this movie was kind of the first to yeah. adopt that style. A lot of like quirky, like we said, Who's on first style dialogue? Oh, the, the dialogue. Yeah. There there. This is actually only my second time ever seeing this this film. I was with you when you saw it the and first time. I know you you were. Um, and it's the dial. This movie goes. It moves so fast. Yes. But the writing is so well written <laughs> yeah. that it it keeps up with it. You know, okay. there, there's no there's no moments that hang. Um, even the pauses are. Like the moments where the movie does pause, it, you take a second to think back. Like it, the pot, the timing. I feel right. like this film's yeah. timing knows when to pause and let the yeah. audience like let it sink yeah. in or pause for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Like it's just really it knows well when to take a breath. But I mean, there aren't many like moments to take a breath. There are some. Very I feel funny. like it probably the script is probably the same length as like a three hour movie, but packed down into an hour and a half. Well, even you highlight that there's so many bits that are, it feels like an animated cartoon. It feels like a Looney Tunes bit. Right. Um, where they're either running back and forth or it moves so quickly. Right. That you probably, if you were to like re-edit this into a feature, like a, like a, like a drama. Right. Um, yeah. It would probably be a three hour feature. Probably. Before we even get into the plot or anything, <laughs> there's a lot. That I want to talk about. First of all, yeah, the cast I, I itself. saw your list. I know. I, I gave him a fair warning at a time. The cast itself is a very star-studded cast. We've got Christopher Lloyd, for starters. Moment of silence for Christopher Lloyd. Wait, okay. did he pass? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't think he passed. Hang on. This is an important point. This is an important detail. <laughs> this is a really... No, I'm pretty sure he's... Uh... Hang on. Either way, like a moment Dave. of silence. Oh, he's still Dave, alive. He's alive. Whoops. <laughs> oh, who's that? No, I was just saying a moment of silence. No, for no, 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 He's no, fantastic. He, was he is absolutely one of the best he's actors. Totally alive. He's eighty-five years old. Twentieth century. Not as old as I thought he would be. Wow. He's eighty-five. He should be. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> he's alive. I'm sorry, Christopher Lloyd, if you're hearing this. I'm sure there's you are. No, there's no chance. Um, there's no chance on earth. Hey, you said it, not me. Um, this is fake news, people. Arguably, though, this is one of his like least Christopher Lloydy roles. Shockingly like, enough, this was a kind very of, serious. He played. He's more of like the straight man. Yeah. Like, but it was still like the fact that he was there was really fun. Uh, Martin Mull, uh, who's been in a ton of stuff. I remember like Roseanne, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Um, Arrested Development, he's Gene Parmesan. Yeah. Martin Mull, super funny. Uh, they're with Leslie Ann Warren. 
Uh, she's done quite a few things. I remember she was in uh, she was in a Cinderella adaptation. She's a pretty good singer, actually. She plays Miss Scarlet, who was originally supposed to be played by Carrie Fisher. I could see it. Yeah. Who would have done great, but at the time was entering rehab. So she had to. Ah, poor girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Les- Leslie Warren killed it in this. Oh, she did so good. She did so, did so good. Actually, all of these actors uh, did so well to the point where it's hard to imagine anyone else playing them. Agreed. One thing that has always bothered me, even since when I saw this as a kid, is that Miss Scarlet is not actually wearing the color Scarlet. Oh, that upset me from yeah. the second like, they introduced her. And I don't know if it was an intentional choice because Miss White is also wearing black. Like having them wear like the opposite of their colors. But just such a waste. And, you know, it. Uh, I found more like initially it was confusing mm-hmm. because they were like Miss Scarlet and Mrs. Peacock was wearing redder colors. Yeah, like orange, red. You know, and, like and until you're like, no, 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 that's OK. That's Mrs. Peacock. Yeah. That's Mrs. Scarlet. Because um, yeah. I feel especially when you're playing the game, like so much of that is. You forget, like, oh, wait, wait, who's red? Who's green? And, and you... It's easier to keep track of. You base it more of on the color than anything. And Leslie and Warren, uh, I was reading an interview that she did. She said that she and Martin Mull became very good friends. Uh, I don't know if they were already friends by the time they worked on this movie, but they ended up being in a bunch of movies together afterwards. So that's... Oh, that's fantastic. And then... It's always nice when a pair of act, like, actor, actress, you know, whatever combo, like, they get a good energy, mm-hmm. a good synergy, and they, they can, like, repeat movies. Comes through on screen, too. Absolutely. Uh, Michael McKean, uh, he's been in his fair share of things, Better Call Saul. Oh, fantastic yep. series. Yeah, uh, so well done. He's got his own running line throughout this entire movie. He says, I didn't do it. Like Guys didn't do it! Um, Madeline Kahn as Miss White. Ah, uh, Madeline Kahn. She eats up every single line. She has a fun little killer actress improv at the end about like flames on on the side of my face. I hated her so <laughs> much. <laughs> I think I've like so, quoted that before. So well done, Madeline Kahn. I mean, it, which is amazing because she is such a good actress mm-hmm. playing. Being able to play such a serious character in like a comedy setting, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Mr. Body himself is played by Lee Ving, who was the front man of the band Fear. And apparently he was chosen because of his name, because Mr. Body will be Lee Ving soon. Oh, my Lord. You're kidding. I don't know how accurate that, that is, is, but that wouldn't surprise that me. That is fantastic. In the I least. Like that's a fan theory that just I mean, got in, like, I mean, authenticated because it's fantastic. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, Lee, he will be he will be Ving soon. Lee Ving soon. And he, I mean, he is thoroughly hateable in this movie. Oh, absolutely. He, he plays it very, very well. Um, and one other production note. That I found apparently he only has like five lines, about like five minutes or so of screen time. It feels like it's not a lot of dialogue, not a lot. but in that time, which is impressive, he he is thoroughly hateable. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the cast got along so well and it said they had spent so much time laughing on set that Michael McKean, who played Mr. Green, he would tell everyone before each take, OK, something terrible has happened here. Like we need to get serious again. <laughs> and uh so they would end up saying that before every take, which is pretty funny. But we have to get to the true star of this movie. Oh, yeah, I guess so, right? Tim freaking Curry. Oh, the one and only. 
Tim Curry, my goodness. He, okay. Number one, the accent. The accent. The accent. I mean, I will always hear Nigel Thornberry where it, when I hear Tim Curry. Like, smashing! <laughs> but. Number two, the acting. Just acting. absolutely incredible. The stamina. So much energy in the this The energy. Like, and he kept it, like, it was consistent the entire mm, time. He never drags. Yeah. Like, it's always, he hardly takes a breath. He's incredible. Like, he, I mean, we'll get into more of it, but apparently he wasn't even the first choice to play this role. He was, like, who's, third, fourth. Who's, who's first, uh, I forget who's first other, prize for this. I forget who the other choices were, but that is outrageous to hear because it he's one of those when i talk about it's hard to imagine anyone Anyone else else in the role like tim curry was just perfect as wadsworth the butler um yeah i forget i forget who the other choices were yeah i'm looking i would i would hesitate to say like how tightly how tightly like the act like the the characters were cast to the actor Mm-hmm. And how much the actors were given freedom to create the characters. Right. Because, like, they, they just all felt so natural. So, apparently, Leonard Rossiter was the first choice to play uh, Wadsworth, who I don't really know. But the second choice was Rowan Atkinson. Oh. Who we know as Mr. Bean. Yeah. I'm sure he would have done great. He, I'm sure he would have done a fantastic job. But Tim Curry. Just really nice. And I remember reading that he considers this one of his favorite films that he's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He had he had a fantastic time working on it. And another fun tidbit was that the entire cast was paid the same salary and billing despite their different levels of nobility at the time, which I always find is pretty cool. Like that's. I always think it's really dumb when a movie is like, oh, yeah, we blew the entire budget on this one name actor. Mm-hmm. So that way the CGI is is terrible. Yeah. And that's just not that's not fair to anyone, really. And I understand these actors like they get paid obscene amounts of cash in order to be able to, you know, make triple A movies. But, hey, you know, it's refreshing to hear that they were all paid yeah. equally like that. You know, and it makes for probably a uh, more fun working environment, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, a funner, more enjoyable, you know. Environment. So, we've gotten that all, all out of the way. Let's get into when the actual movie okay, so starts. When, Some of know. the best opening music ever. Oh, yeah. I still like, I'll listen to this opening title just for fun sometimes. Wow, uh, that's a diehard fan. Either like when we're writing our own murder mysteries, like it kind of gets me in the mindset. Or, um, agreed. We've played this at a, a couple of murder mystery parties with yeah. this background music. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, I found someone on YouTube who did like a uh, heavy metal cover of the opening. Oh, that's music fantastic. And it was actually pretty good. Yeah. But uh, the music in general in this movie is really fun. Composed by John Morris. It's kind of like the perfect mix of suspense, but campy. And just the opening music alone makes you feel like you're really stepping into a murder mystery. Like it's so good. And the mansion itself. This oh. Super creepy. This is like one of the best murder mystery mansions ever. Beautiful. Like the the main hall, um, the secret tunnels, like everything about it, what, it lended such credit to the board game, but also it was a beautiful uh, palette yes. for the film. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that you asked me earlier 
and see what you think, what your guess is. Was this all filmed at a real mansion or on sets? What do you think? Oh, that's it. I would like to think that this was a real mansion. Like, I truly want to believe that this was a real mansion that they, like, went to location to film on. I doubt it, though. I think it was mostly sets. So it's both. What? Yeah, I know. I am. I'm not upset. I'm just confused. I'm not upset. I'm just angry. Uh, All the interior scenes were filmed at the Paramount lot, except in the ballroom and then the exteriors. The exteriors were filmed at a mansion in South Pasadena, California. Oh, can we go? Can we please? Well, I well, it also says. Is it for sale? Can we buy the mansion? I have bad news. Oh, no. The site was destroyed in a fire in 2005. No! Perhaps there was a murder. (laughs) But they did recreate the driveway and fountain. Um, I don't know if it still exists somewhere. But, yeah, they also apparently enhanced the shots of the outside of the mansion with, like, matte paintings to make it look much larger and creepier than it actually was. No, I mean, the opening shots, the house looks massive. Mm-hmm. And then the in- interior shots, you're like, okay, this is like a, a modestly sized mansion. But still, I mean, like the... It's still a mansion, okay? A fun... There are a lot of uh, callbacks and attention to detail given to the actual board game. For starters, I only learned this just today when I was doing some extra research, that the layout of the mansion is actually exactly the same as, as the, the actual board. board game. You know, I was th- I was thinking about that when they when the whole running back and forth scene. Yep. Um and you just like the whole like oh yeah, to the kitchen, to the to the house, mm-hmm. to the back to the, and you're like, "Wait a second, I know this." Like all the rooms line up exactly as they do on the board game. That's fantastic. Down to the secret passages too. Like the uh, where the secret passages yeah. lead in the movie is where they lead in the board game. That's pretty cool actually. That's okay. Okay, Jonathan okay. Lynn. Well done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the movie gets going. We start with this fun little opening bit of stepping on the, uh, dog oh, yeah. Tim, Tim, Tim Curry pulls up. He, yeah. he locks the dog's chain up a little. Yeah. There's so, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of running gags throughout yeah. the movie, but like the first one, like, was, what's that smell? Everybody what's that smell? Oh yeah. Which is honestly, I feel like kind of sets the tone for the movie. Cause the first, I feel like the first two minutes, three minutes of the mm-hmm. movie drags. It's so hard. Yeah. But it kind of sets the silly tone. Yeah. With the whole dog joke. Um, The only real like tense scene is that dinner scene where Mrs. Peacock is like trying to fill the silence. Oh, my Lord. So awkward. Yeah. I mean, so awkward. So don't get ahead of the story. I'm sorry. Okay. So. So the dinner scene is the guy's name. (laughs) Wadsworth. Wadsworth. So Wadsworth welcomes everyone. So. Uh, Colonel Mustard shows up and he mm. begins to introduce himself. Yes. And Wadsworth says, no, no, pseudo, pseudo names only, please. And I did like how they incorporate the names into making them aliases instead of their real names. Because uh, that makes sense. It makes like, a lot. Who would have these ridiculous names? Professor Plum. I mean, if anybody out there has these names, I'm so sorry. Uh, but it's. I also didn't learn until today, despite how many times I've seen this movie, that it's set in... 1954. Yeah, I wrote, it says that. It's like New England, 1954. I wrote in my notes. I don't know why why I wrote this on the same line. I wrote set in New England, 1954. I want that library door. 
<laughs> it is a beautiful door. The one that swings open, yeah. like the, the the big one. Yeah, that's um, the library I always wanted. You know, the thing is, I feel like, like the the setting and everything, like the costumes, um, it's it's almost timeless. Like for a mansion like that, because nothing about it is like it has to be 1954. Um, right. I could see it set today, and it would still be that's believable. True. Um. But so they all show up for this mysterious dinner. They don't know why they go invited. to dinner. Um, Wadsworth leaves the room and they start kind of asking questions about one another. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know you. You're from Washington. They all D. work for the government or somehow they start related. piecing things slowly together. Yes. Mrs. Peacock will not shut up. We all know that one dinner party. Guest. We all have that one dinner party invite. Wait, are we? We no, stop, stop it. Right. Ends? Stop it. Right. We're not that we're not that, we all know. We we just said it. We all know that one person. Right. Moving on. Okay. They all find out that they are being blackmailed by Mr. Body. Don't, well, I mean, they don't, each don't, know that they're being blackmailed. Somebody they, is blackmailing them. Somebody is, yeah. yeah. But that was a good way to incorporate the plot of the board game as well. And uh, I also like how they incorporate the weapons from the board game. So well too like they're provided by none other than Mr. Body himself. Um but yeah, so then just madness ensues the second that he turns the lights off and there's that first so shot. I do like the way they incorporated because it's like the premise of clue is just like there's been a murder, figure out who did it, who where, you know, and you you're rolling dice and you're, you know, there's no plot. So the fact and, that they were able to and throughout the movie, so intricately weave everybody's story um, together. And this whole conspiracy about each one being blackmailed and they have to track down. They all know him somehow. And then at some point, Mr. Body says, all right, I'm going to lay like, all the weapons are out. The only one that knows what's going on is Wadsworth. I'm going to turn the light out. Just make make it happen, people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh so then when these lights go out and they turn the light back on and Peacock is screaming, Mr. Body's on the floor. It's just madness from there on out. Madness. And um, so Professor Plum goes over mm-hmm. and checks the man's vital signs and pronounces him dead. Yep. And man, it's like we could run through every single detail of this plot and we'll be here for longer than the movie itself. Absolutely. By trying to hit like the primary plot points. They eventually hear Yvette the maid screaming the next room over. And uh, this was a key moment, one that I'm still not sure of because it comes back later. Apparently somebody is missing from the group. Somebody was missing from that group. And every time I watch this movie, I always forget who it is. And I say, look, I need to go back and see that. And I never do because the movie just keeps you guessing. Well, I remember when the scene came up, I remember thinking, Oh, this is important. Mm-hmm. Whoever did it, because we've, we've seen it before. I was we've like, the person who did it is not in the shot. Correct. So I started counting heads. Yeah. And then it cut. Mm. So I was like, dang it, I missed it. Okay, well, it's like, okay, whatever. It's just what they were doing. I'm like, just going to watch the film for what it is. Yes. Um, eventually, I mean, we've got like our six primary suspects from the game. Yep. Plus a few extra characters thrown in there. We end up with six dead bodies. There's the police chief, police chief, the guy whose car breaks down, Robert Cook, uh, the cook, Yvette, Yvette, music singer, the the singing Candy telegram Cray. girl. Uh, there's one other. Uh, oh my goodness, 
Oh, Mr. Mr. Body. Body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did we miss that? Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of fun sequences here. Uh, One key sequence is when they decide to split up and they do so by drawing straws, by pairing off with each other. This was one of those good examples of uh, the scene where they're drawing straws and they're seeing like who they're paired up with. It was a good example of how. Even when no dialogue is uttered, so much is said. So, uh, so by well. people's facial expressions, like, "Ugh, paired up with you." Like, yep. come on. There was the one bit between, um, not Professor Plum. Who was the other guy? Um, uh, Mr. Green. Mr. Green and um, and Yvette. No, uh, good lord. Because there was Martin Mull and Mr. Green and Miss Scarlet. No, no, no. It's uh, Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet. Oh yeah, them. Yeah. Colonel yes, Mustard. Yes, yes. Them, 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 them. And just like they they, you know, you see them pick up the straws, they look at each other, they look at the straw, they look back, and just so, look on their face. There's so much said. So disgusted. So well done. Yeah. Um it's, it's always fun in these movies when like the characters have to split up. Um it can either It adds diversity. It can either work against some- the movie or for it. And in this case it I think well, it, I feel it's like if they're natural, you know how typically stories will go from like the main plot line and then branch off into sub plot lines. Mm-hmm. Divvying up the group automatically does that because you have different characters in mm-hmm. different locations. It's all the same plot line. Mm-hmm. You're just following different. Yeah. And I feel like I need to go back a few steps because it's important to note that as the movie is progressing, gradually more and more people are showing up to the mansion for various reasons. Uh, the guy whose car breaks down, the police chief. Um, and we have a few scenes interspersed where we see just the hands of the killer committing these murders, uh, wearing gloves. And so you're trying to keep track track of like who is where at what time. Um, and so that's what kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat while you're watching this for the first time. But yeah, they end up with... Six dead bodies, one of whom, the singing telegram girl, uh, was Jane Wielden, I think her last name is pronounced. She was a member of the Go-Go's. Classic, classic 80s. Classic. Um, So, of course, she's the singing telegram girl. But, yeah, all throughout, you know, this power outage, uh, running between the two different rooms, finding the secret passages. It's like you're playing the game itself. It. I love how they they were able to incorporate like the spirit of the game into a film Mm -hmm. um, and still do homage to both. I I don't think anyone would be upset, you know, like, oh, they did that wrong or, you know, they did a really good job. It would probably be fun to watch this movie while using like the actual checklist from the Clue game and crossing off names and weapons and as you go. We got a party game. Uh, We'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, I think I think we missed a step here. I'm looking at oh, the uh, the synopsis right now. Mm-hmm. So Wadsworth, um, after Mr. Body was found, after they found the the kitchen, the cook, Mrs. Ho. That's her. <laughs> so it turns out is she ever actually given a name in this movie. Mrs. Turns Ho. Out later, the cook, Mrs. Ho, is, is this according dead. to IMDb? I am reading this off of IMDb okay. right now. Okay. So, um, I think the entire time she's called the cook. She's just called the cook. Unless it gets down to the credits. So um, the cook is found dead. Mm-hmm. So then Wadsworth goes to lock all of the weapons in the cupboard and is about to throw the key out. The that cupboard. The motorist appears and says, yeah. hey, can I use your phone? Then there's that whole awkward like, yeah, you can use a phone in the. No, no, I can't use the phone. There's, there's a lot of like the body. whispering in the group. Oh, you can use the phone in the. No, no, you can't. Yeah. Use 
oh, why don't you use the phone over here? So yep. they lock him in. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, Colonel Mustard proposes that they they split up into pairs. Yeah. Um, now, while they're searching, the motorist is killed. Correct. Which and- I think it was at that. I think it was the him. There's the funny scene where like the, the whole group comes in to see the dead body. And at this point, it's nothing new to them. Oh, I think that's when Yvette is found. Oh, is that a vet? Yeah. yeah, that was later. Because well done. an interesting tidbit is um when just before Yvette is killed, because all throughout the whole movie, she's doing this very exaggerated French accent. But in the scene where she's killed, she enters the room and someone is whispering her, did anyone recognize you? And she's speaking in an American accent, indicating that it was all a French. It was all an act. Um, but then before we can find out more, she's murdered. So then when they discover her body, they're like, well, okay. It's <laughs> uh then I think they discover the cop cop's body after that. Essentially it's just bodies piling. That's like sit yeah, it's boom, boom, boom. And uh then once the power yeah, I think that's when the power returns. And, and at which point Wadworth says, Wadworth I know says, who the murderer is. And so this brings us into the last third of the movie, which is completely carried by Tim Curry. It's exhausting. Yeah. Stage front and center. He single-handedly um, is the entire second act. Like he should have won something. All three, all three parts of the second of act. The, see, I count it as the third act in my head. But or the, yeah. whatever. Yeah, because like first yeah, first I mean, act is when they're showing up. Dinner, like second act, second murder. act is all the murders. Third, and third, third act, act is the solution. solution. But um, fine, you can have this one. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want it on record. Um, but really though, I feel like Tim Curry should have gotten nominated for something. Okay, I feel this. like you. We really need to start with saying that this movie has three different endings. Yes. So. I think even in the t- in the in the title cards they say this is what happened, but this is what could have happened, and then this is what actually happened. So yes. there is like a quote unquote official ending. So there was a reasoning behind that, the three different endings. Oh, why? Why, yeah. Sam? Do tell me. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, because I remember when I was a kid, I hadn't seen the movie yet, but my sister spoiled the ending for me. I was so mad. Um. Because, again, we're getting into spoilers here. But she told me, oh, no, Miss Scarlet is the killer in the movie. I'm like, oh, great. But then when I... Oh, by the way, spoilers ahead. If you I said spoilers earlier. I said spoilers earlier. I know. We're just reminding you. Um, You should pause it, watch the movie, and then come back. (laughs) Will you do that? Please. Okay. Um, So she... My sister had spoiled it for me. Um, She said, oh, no, Scarlet's the killer in the movie. And there's a nice Gone with the Wind reference in that... And that scene where she's like, Wadsworth, don't hate me for shooting you. But anyway. He's like, frankly, Miss Scarlet. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but then when I were when I watched the movie myself for the first time, I was pretty sure I saw a different ending. And I was like, well, that doesn't You're like hang on. Kayla lied to me. Why would okay? Um, but she turns so out convincing. I know. But there are three different endings for this movie. Because when it was released, everybody was so uh, paranoid about spoilers that three different endings were shown when it was released theatrically throughout the country. And that was to basically just generate confusion. 
Absolutely. Because everybody would say to each other, well, I saw a different ending. Like, brilliant strategy. Unfortunately, it didn't really pay off. It didn't perform well, well at the box I think, office. I think the big thing is this movie came out in 1985. Right. So it was before the times of, like, instant internet access and notification and stuff. So you would have, like, read in a newspaper. You would have talked to a friend. Right. And then, like, eventually people would have been – there would have been a lot of arguments. But – I feel like people would have been frustrated and that's where it would have ended. They wouldn't have like seeked answers. Maybe. But there was the like the ending where it was Miss Scarlet. There was a second ending where Mrs. Peacock was the killer. Then a third ending where basically they all did it. Uh, Apparently, there was also a fourth ending filmed where Wadsworth, Tim Curry killed everyone. Uh, But they decided they they really weren't happy with it. So they scrapped it altogether. But uh what was your favorite ending of the three endings? Uh, that's a good question. Frankly, I kind of like the f- first one the best. Hmm, yeah. Um, I have to admit, like, I, personally, I like the first ending, which is... Um, Scarlet. Scarlet. Mrs. Scarlet. Because yeah. it just, it kind of, I felt like it kind of wrapped up all of the, the, the strings, the best. The loose ends. All, so all the loose ends had a, a, a note of finality to them. And you're like, oh, this is solved. Mm. Um, the second one seemed like a bit of a stretch because there was so much left on, it was like, oh, so the, the, Mrs. Whole, Peacock. the, the nuclear phys- physicist and the, and the, you know, um, selling parts to the communists, like it was all red herrings and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is just about your husband. Okay, whatever. Um, and the third ending was in similar fashion. It just felt contrived. Because everybody ended up having connection, having a connection to each of the victims. But there were like there were like two or three separate sub, you know, intentions and stuff, which I I think is intriguing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not satisfying. Well, in each ending, they answered specific questions. Like Mrs. Peacock knowing the cook yep. was answered in two of the three endings. And then they referred back to it, I think, in the second one, um, Mrs. Peacock knowing the yeah, the the yeah. whole thing with the monkey brains. Mm-hmm. Uh they they reused a couple of which I think watching all of the endings back to back can be confusing. Well, so then when they released the movie on home video and later on DVD, they just released it all as three endings all together. Which I kind of wish they had just done individually, but that's, what do I know? Um, I like, the third ending is the most fun for me, uh, seeing, like, oh, they all did it. I mean, I've never been a big fan of the they all did it solution. I feel like it's kind of lazy. Not a fan of Orient Express? I love Orient Express. The thing was the Orient Express did it the first and it did it the best because it was such a unexpected plot twist. And I view Orient Express as more of a drama than a mystery. Oh, yeah. Like, because it's a tragedy, really. Truly. It's a tragedy. The but that's was, a whole other podcast. The man was stabbed 30, what, 37 times? Well, there's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> no, wait, the, that was but the, no, but the no. reason they stabbed the man so many times. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that's a whole other podcast. That's enough. Oh, can we do that next? We will. Okay. Um, Wait, which one? Anyway, 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 anyway. We'll talk about this next. Um, But I was, there was a bunch of articles that I read last year, I think, where they said the Miss Scarlet ending is the only one that really makes sense yeah, and is consistent with the rest of the film. But it's still fun that they did the three ending thing. And uh, I'm going to... Yeah, sorry. No, I was about to say, I feel like there's a big thing for me as a consumer, as a, a 
viewer viewer of this entertainment is replayability. Yes. You know, because there's some movies that you watch once and you're like, okay, that was nice. I'm never going to watch that again. I feel like this is one of those movies you can watch at least three or four times and be like, and still pick up new things right. from. Yeah. Um, no, and there's... I feel like the, the multiple endings automatically kind of contributes to that repeatability, that replayability. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, I'm going to fast forward uh, a few decades. Just a scooch. Just a scooch. Um, let's talk about one of our favorite shows, Psych. Ah, what a good um, Psych, for its 100th episode, did a mini reunion of Clue. <gasps> Whoa. I thought you saw this. Which? This episode of Psych? Uh, episode was this? No, I haven't been there. Uh, I'm still back in season seven? I think this is season... F- was this season five? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, they do... For its 100th episode, it's set in a mansion in a mysterious dinner party... And three of the guests are Leslie and Warren, Martin Mull, and Christopher Lloyd. Oh, that's fantastic. So they get together for a mini clue reunion. Uh, so it turns into a full-on murder mystery, and I won't spoil anything. But, uh, and I remember, like, man, if there's one show that can pull off, like, a clue episode, it's Psych. Because it's, like, the same style right? It's already that style, yeah. like, that kind of silly, mm-hmm. you know, out-of-pocket. That, yeah. like, quick dialogue back and forth. And they did it really, really well. It's a fantastic hour of television. But they also did the multiple ending thing. Oh. Where they showed a different ending for the East Coast and a different ending for the West Coast. Fantastic. As, like, yet another callback to I'm the glad that they're they're, they're keeping it going. The tradition yeah. is alive. Yeah, so... A lot of fun to watch. If you watch, if you haven't seen Psych, get into it. And you just have to watch 99 episodes before then to get to that. Don't tell them that. They're just going to skip to episode 100. Sorry. Um, Psych, it's a great show. You know, I did I tell you I tried getting my parents into Psych? I think I put out, I forget. How did that go? I was home for the weekend and I was, I was bored. So I just put on Psych and halfway through an episode you know how like the family just kind of, of we all cool like we all they trickle in trickle in at the, you know and they're like what is this and i was like it's psych it's how have you not seen this like and we watched an episode or two and my parents could not get on board because yeah you tied in at like season three or four and yeah at that point you need that kind of like that season one connection with characters it's not everyone's cup of tea because it's very quirky it's goofy. Agreed. There's very, there's the it's element of that show that keeps the show grounded and like kind of serious is his relationship with his dad. Actually, yeah, I hate that's, to admit it. That's yeah. what like keeps the show grounded. Um, you just don't see that. Okay, let's it. save Psych for another. Sorry, 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 I feel like sorry, we sorry. could totally do another oh, good season about Psych. Um, but anyway, overall, but it's that same. Okay, that the hundredth episode was fantastic. Overall yeah. thoughts on Clue? Ooh, dun dun dun! You know, I'm really surprised because, like, on on a, it only got like a 47 out of a hundred rating. On a, on a not Rotten Tomatoes. I forget the other one. Metacritic. I think Metacritic, which is surprising. I think it has the 71 on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a fantastic film. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, if you're into like the fast moving dialogue and again, you have to go into it knowing that it's not going to be like a serious adaptation of the board game. Uh, it's not going to be that 
super dark tone. It's going to have like the setting, but it is its own thing because it's a it's a well, a comedy comedy suspense. Yeah. I mean, it's like mystery. It's referred to a lot as uh, kind of a trendsetter. Where like a lot of movies are like, oh, we were trying to mimic this, mimic the style of Clue. Uh, this like yeah. you know the kind of Which the goofiness is, and that's fantastic yeah. to be original mm-hmm. nowadays. It, yeah, yeah, it's tough. Well, I mean, it was nineteen eighty five. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a good year. Um, but yeah, this movie it'll always have a a I, special place in my heart. I think, and I I know we talked about this earlier. Fundamentally, the writing was just so well done. Um, between the plays on words, between the, the characters' dialogue, between the pacing, um, and then the choice of actors. And I think it's it really speaks to now I'm not a um like a, a director or a producer, but when you watch a movie and you forget about the shots, mm. you're so fully engaged and, and immersed exactly. into the movie. That you kind of, because you know, you ever watch a movie and you're like, oh, that was a tough cut or that was a bad shot. Yep. And then it completely pulls you out of the moment. Mm -hmm. With this, there was no bad shots. I don't feel like there was any. And there were a few that were just fantastic. Right. um, Between between like either the character placement or how the storytelling was going. Um, The music Mm -hmm. was enrapturing like you're you're in it Ooh, good word from is that the, the good word of the video enrapturing is that the word we want it to be boom <laughs> enrapturing 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 ready to pull up the definition let's pull up the definition enrapturing definition so to enrapture uh Give, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know out any defin- other definition. Why did you use this word? Okay, oh, to fill with delight. Okay, that's better. That's a lot better. <laughs> well, maybe try to use that word throughout the day, folks. But just be cautious. <laughs> be discerning. But you can tell that everyone who worked on this movie and had a part in it had a really good time, and that definitely shines through while watching it. So. So, Sam, what were your thoughts on this movie? Oh, it, this will always have a special place in my heart. What Not, would you rate it out of 10? Oh, that's... I don't like giving... I know. That's why I'm making you do it. Goodness. Um, It's such a unique movie. It's so hard to uh, okay, view it objectively. Comedy mystery genre. Oh. I think it was one of the pioneers of the comedy mystery genre. So, honestly, are you saying ten out of ten? Oh gosh, I'm afraid for the comedy mystery genre of which it set the trend. Only if you answer the same question. Absolutely, ten out of ten. 10. Out of ten. Okay, there we go. Ten out of ten for, for the, the comedy, comedy mystery movies. It's filmed, hard to like filmed in 1985. <laughs> it's hard to like view it like as it's like in uh, along with like the film industry because it's so mm. unique. But I don't think this is a movie you're going to put on like every day. It's never going to be like, you know, in critics, like top 100 movies of all time or something like it's such I a, feel like it, it should be in the list of like 100 movies you need to watch before you die. Kind of. thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see is that. it going to be number one? No, I can see why it's not everyone's cup of tea. But for us and like our style of, you know, writing and 
humor and everything like that's character driven character funny dialogue yeah fast paced fast paced yeah a lot of like subtle jokes but also like the blatantly obvious jokes it's just it's so much fun to watch it's a good movie so if you haven't seen it already highly recommended 1985's clue clue uh yeah we'll uh, we'll definitely be reviewing more in the murder mystery genre throughout our podcasts and uh we also welcome your recommendations on what we should review next so thank you for listening i know it was a long one but you know it was it was good to be here i'm so glad to be here and uh we'll see you on the next one folks thanks for joining let's commiserate <laughs>